If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 407 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Karim Benzema of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. Hi, Bryce. Hi, indeed, indeed. I, I think he's got more goals against Liverpool than any player in the history of the game. So that's a great man, a great man altogether. Anyway. Has, has, has Mo Salah got more goals against Man United than any player in the game? He probably no, does at this stage. Remember, he went like six years without scoring in Spain. He never scored at Old Trafford until, was it last year? Nah, it's, been, it's been scoring all over the place. He's basically yeah, taken over as the, the new owner. Like. Yeah, they're going to be seventh in, in, uh, tomorrow anyway, so that's right. But anyway, we're talking about MMA today. We're going to talk about a lot of MMA. Leon Edwards versus Usman. Gunny Nelson came back to get you for ZF fight. Danny McCormick, what a fucking win for Danny McCormick. We're going to be talking about that. And anything else that uh, that pops up that's coming up next week or, uh, or happened during the week, we're going to be talking about all of that. Before we get into it, spring has sprung. And our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming, have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers. Look your best this spring and join the other 8 million men who trust Manscaped. Use the promo code SEVEREMMA to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped are here to change the way all fellas can take care of ourselves and groom with the performance package 4.0. In that you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball, the ocean crop reviver toner, uh, the performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold your goodies. If you haven't heard that lawnmower 4.0, where have you been? It's elect- uh, an elite electric trimmer that provides their proprietary advanced skin safe technology. It is designed to trim hair on loose skin, although your balls might not look like a punching bag's. Although they might look like ones and bags even, don't treat them like that. Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and equipped with an LED light so you can trim in the dark or in the shower. Also, what about those nose hairs? No one likes them. They're not very attractive at all. Use the Weed Whacker nose and hair, ear hair trimmer that also has that proprietary skin safe technology to help reduce nicks, snags and everything else. And in my absolute favourites, Crop Preserver, Deodorant and Reviver, toner put them in your bag bring them around with you they're absolutely brilliant and that bag as well it comes free uh with the performance package 4.0 and the boxer briefs as well so always use the right tools for the job and head over to their website and check out all their tools to help you upgrade your hygiene routines at 20 percent and get free shipping with the code severe at manscaped.com. that's 20% off and free shipping with the code severe at manscaped.com. your balls well, thank you. Okay, Graham, UFC 286 is in the books. Uh, it was 
you know what? It was a kind of a hard one to analyse throughout it. I think there was some good stuff. There was some bad stuff. Uh, I think it was weird for a lot of people in Ireland as well because we had the Ireland rugby match and I know a lot of people were watching. I know you fucked up your knee. You were at the doctor and stuff as well. So it was a bit, a bit of a weird undercard. But by the time it got to the, the main card, even though it was only like at a, you know, what, starting at nine o'clock uh, at night for us, I think we, we got into it pretty quickly and uh, enjoyed that main card. What's, what was What's your overall feel coming out of the card, Graham, before we get into the main event as we always seem to do? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like obviously there was some fights that, that weren't great along the way, but uh like obviously Gunny Nelson kind of has uh I've been following his career for a long time. It's great to see him back. It's uh you know remind me of the kind of special times that we saw we saw him even in Cage Contender and you know making his um you know making his way into the UFC and stuff. And it's great to see him back looking good in, in great shape as well. You know doing what we've seen him do so many times. Uh, and then obviously the Justin Gaethje uh, fight was absolutely phenomenal. The main event I thought was absolutely brilliant. It was on a, it was on a knife edge all the way through. The rounds were so close. Obviously, you know, there was a couple of not great, great fights before that. But the Jack Shore Amir Khani, I thought that was an absolutely brilliant performance from Jack Shore. So I think, you know, overall, like even the the Makayev with the knee bar and stuff like that, like there was a, you know, a good few. Uh, different things happening and a good few exciting fights in different ways and obviously as I mentioned there was a couple of not great fights mixed mixed in but that's to be expected you know you can't you can't hit a home run every time but overall yeah mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the card it, when you put it like that that's a very good breakdown to be fair it was a pretty eventful card so we uh, we definitely we're not complaining about the card we want to complain about that uh, too much we'll get into all of the stuff you, you just mentioned there but let's talk about the main event first um and it was obviously a very close fight, <laughs> you know. We 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 tend uh, recently to maybe avoid judging for the first two or three minutes uh, of the bar, maybe t- ten or twenty minutes ten of the podcast. <laughs> recently, <laughs> but uh, it's hard to do in this one because I think everyone was talking about it. But I don't think uh, I, obviously we came straight in here to do the podcast. We haven't seen lots of the reaction, but I think most people were kind of uh, not too mad at the judging or anything. It is because it was it was so close. Like the rounds were just. Seemingly for the the first the first round, I think Edwards won it. The second round, very close, could have gone either way. The third round, very close, could have gone either way. The point deduction there as well. We'll talk about that in a second. I think Edwards won the fourth, and I thought the fifth round was close, but I thought it was Edwards as well. Now, the way I scored it was 48, 47, uh, a draw, and I gave the two. No, 40, 48, 47. Yeah. Wouldn't be a wouldn't how how would that be how would you get that card because I, I had uh, Leon winning three rounds to two and then deducted a point so uh, so forty eight forty seven and I had a forty seven forty seven oh okay sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry so I gave the two close rounds to the number two and three to uh, Usman and I had him winning gone into the uh, uh, the fifth round I had the fifth round for for Edwards and I had it a draw so. Yeah, I I were talking on the the chat. Uh, I was talking to Ian and a couple of lads, and like um, Ian's kind of take was either Usman or the draw, and mine was kind of Edwards or the draw because I had given, in my opinion, the two close rounds to Usman, so they can kind of go either way, and I can definitely see why the why the judges uh, went the other way and scored it uh, for Edwards. How how did you have it? I know it's a very complicated one, I suppose, to go through like that. But who did you have winning anyway? For, yeah, there was as you mentioned, there was definitely some very close rounds. But I actually had the first and second for Edwards, and the fourth and fifth for Edwards. Uh, with the the third round going ten eight for Usman with the with the point deduction. 
you know, the I thought the the first, fourth, and fifth were pretty pretty clear cut. To be honest, uh, for Edwards, uh, not clear cut, but you know, I thought they he did enough. Um, yeah, the second, it's more of a toss up, but I I did think Edwards did enough in that as well. I think he just very he just mixed it up very nicely. He landed a variety of leg kicks really nice body shots and he mixed in you know really crisp boxing as well and um i just thought he was landing the, the crisper more impactful stuff uh, for the majority of, of those rounds and there was like uh, certain knees and elbows that i thought stole rounds or confirmed rounds that uh, were really close in there as well but maybe you know i haven't watched the back as you said we're, we're hopping on straight after the post fight interviews or the in cage interviews here to do this so i haven't watched the back but i thought yeah, I thought one, four, and five were were definitely Edwards on my card, and then two I gave to him as well. Yeah, so we we basically have the exact same thoughts, only differing on two. I thought that was very close as well, uh, and I gave it to Usman. So that's what I said. If one of either two or three turned, it, it could uh, it could go to Edwards. So yeah, we we basically have it the same. I think a lot of people basically had it around that as well. You know, the two swing swing rounds were uh, were two and three. So I think. You know that their their ins are judging talk. Maybe 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 we'll get back to it in a second when we talk about the uh, the point deduction and stuff. Do you know what, Graham? And I think this might be a bit of a controversial opinion, but I'm going to say it because I I do feel it. I didn't think it was a great fight, to be honest. Uh, I thought like Leon Edwards fought a very much a winning fight, and he fought kind of a point fight, but it made it not the greatest spectacle in the world. And I also thought. That uh, I, I spoke a lot coming up to the fight about Usman maybe being five percent less, um, and I think he was. I, I think it was just like f- that five percent less, and, and like the question was, can Leon Edwards take advantage of it? And I think he did. You know, without obviously I scored it a draw, but without you, the yeah. production, I would have. Do, had do a you think it was five percent less from Usman, or do you think they were they were talking during the week and they put up a tweet on the on the broadcast of Teddy Atlas talking about how old school trainers and boxing and things used to say that you get. 30% I think it was better when you become a champion it's probably like a confidence thing and, and all that like I, I thought it was more Edwards looked more comfortable and looked more confident than than Usman was underperforming If uh, even though I picked Usman to win the fight and I thought he lost you know four or five rounds uh, obviously I mentioned they were really close or whatever but I, I think it was more Edwards was better in the first in, than in the second fight sorry uh in, he was better in the third fight than in the second fight in terms of confidence and letting his shots go and you know uh, making it happen rather than waiting like like he did for um, times in the in their second fight. I, I don't know why I'm so confused about them fighting yeah, the first time. It, it fucked me up so, so badly for the it, last fucking few months. <laughs> it was the exact same with McGregor Barry. I just couldn't could never get my head around the fact that they had fought for. But uh, yeah, I, I I would tend to agree. I do think Edwards is better, and I didn't necessarily sign up to that uh, coming in. I I didn't know to be honest. I do think he was better, but I do think. Usman wasn't as good. Like I, I think Edwards's game plan might have won the fight anyway. Uh, even if Usman was the same, I do think he fought better. I do think what, what I think the difference between Edwards in this fight than in previous fights is I thought he had a little bit more pop uh, on the shots, and that's where it showed the both points I'm making here. I thought he had a little bit more pop on the shots, and I thought 
the way they were landing on Usman just made them feel a little bit stronger. Like, I think he was wincing maybe a little bit more than he normally would. Now, he took all those shots extremely well. He showed a good chin and all of that, but it, it just felt every time he landed kind of one of those little bit of a bigger shots, I think especially in the first round, that Usman was just taking him a little bit more. Like, there's there's no, uh, there's no way disguising it either what, Usman couldn't achieve in this fight that he did achieve in the last fight and that was the ability to hold him down for longer periods he did take him down many times but he wasn't able to hold him down I think Leon did a great job of kind of getting to the knees every time instead of get, like and that's a great patience it was the patience yeah. and just doing one thing at a time I think and just staying relaxed in the moment and just you know not I'm fighting this dominant wrestler who's, you know, a scary wrestler. It's like, no, I'm just going to do the basic techniques one by one and work my way out of this. And it worked every time. Yeah, I think it was. it's a tactic. Like, people are scared of getting taken down sometimes. The, or not, not scared of getting taken down, but scared of, like, hitting the ground to defend the takedown. Like, Jose Aldo is, in my opinion, the greatest takedown defense of all time yeah, in MMA. And he was absolutely brilliant at like hitting the ground and just popping straight back up, like pushing. How many times do you remember Jose Aldo like pulling his toes out of someone's grasp and getting out? Like I think Edwards did that better tonight. He kind of got to a knee. Let, okay, take me down, Usman. I'm gonna get to a knee. I'm gonna get to the the cage. I'm gonna get the underhook and I'm gonna stand up slowly like that. As you said, take his time. I thought that was way better, but that's fine. But you have to look at Usman in that position and say he got to that position multiple times over and over and over and he wasn't able to take advantage of it. Fair enough, Edwards uh, defended well, but like he defends well once, twice, three or four times this, the same way. You have to find ways around it. And Usman never really did. He Okay, well, I think once he kind of got him down with his back for like a minute, but he didn't really do much with it. And he would have um, got him down on the, the fence grab more than likely as well, I think. The one that got the point taken in the end let's talk about that what, what was your opinion on, on the fence crowd I think if it had been an isolated incident um, it would have been harsh but the fact that he hooked the glove and kicked him in the balls in quick succession before that probably uh, left Herb Dean thinking like this is like three like kind of blatant fouls in, in quick succession like gonna have to take a point here and he did kind of you know his fingers didn't just slip into the cage. He kind of did grab it for a second or two at the vital moment of going for the takedown and caused Usman to, you know, at least have more difficulty getting the takedown because of the illegal contact with the cage. So I, I think, in fairness, it probably was the right call, taking into consideration the other two fouls before that. Yeah, it's probably the right call under the current rules. I just fucking hate the current rules. I really, really do. And I've been saying this for years, like... If you think about it right, forget about my opinion on it in a second, but like, is it proportionate, the um, the punishment that was given there? Because we, we know exactly what would have happened. We've seen them fight now for, uh, what is it, tur- 12 I don't think you can take that into consideration, though. But you still, can't be like, no, you, it has no, to be fighter A, fighter B. Like, mm-hmm. I think it, has, it can't be like, oh, well, like, that's grand, you yeah. know. If Maya gets on top of you, you're done. Or if Gunnar gets on top of you, you're done. But if it's somebody like Guzman, he probably, he's probably not going to submit you. I so agree. It's not I, as, I, I 100% yeah. agree to that. So a single takedown, is that proportionate to losing a whole round? Yeah, I don't think it is. But I think, as I said, when you add in the other 
two fouls. But that, that's not got to do with it. That's nothing got to do with it. Like he didn't even you see open so? the glove on. Absolutely not. I don't think. No. And the the ball shot. It, it's, he said it's multiple it well. fouls in quick succession. I think that definitely definitely plays into the the thinking. Like I'd why say. why can't we just offer the position? To the fouled fighter, like offering, and I know that one was a little bit. Do you think he should have had the 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 position against the cage, like not the takedown, but the position against the cage, even though the point was taken? Uh, should have. Yeah, maybe the position against the cage, but uh, you can't give him the position on the ground. I think this happened. Not I, on the not on the like, ground, but uh, against the, the cage. Yeah, the, like you know, one hook on a leg and kind of trying to get his hands together, but not having his hands together. Yeah, I think that would have made a lot of sense. Or yeah. you could even go back to the replay and just get the exact position. I can't remember exactly, but it was a long those lines yeah like why not go back to the replay as well and just and this is obviously us this is not us talking under the, the rules at the moment this is talking about changing rules but like give give the position like Perb Dean is a fucking BJJ black belt he can look at a takedown and how it's going if he says someone has the back he's about to slam him on the ground give him the position on the bottom with the back taken or, or like I think even make it simpler than that right starting also, a guy on a guy's back though is yeah I, I, I agree it's, it's, I agree that's too much so what I think should be done is in that exact situation, right, here's what I would do. And this, this is, a, we'll get off this conversation in a minute, but I would offer, I, I, I'm Herb Dean. I see the defense crap. I go up to Usman and go, you have three options. You can either f- start the fight standing. You can start the fight with uh, the double unders against the cage, or you can start the fight in his full guard on the ground. Which one do you pick? Right, so that's a proportionate thing. The person gets three options there where they want the fight to be. Like, and that makes up for every single sort of fin scrap, unless it's an egregious one. And now, if it's an egregious one, take a point. Uh, was this an you egregious one? You don't think one? it was egregious, though? Not really. Like, was he going to go down and finish him or submit him after this? I, I don't think so. Was I don't think that's him? part of it. I think it's like, did, did he grab the cage to stop himself being taken down? And that's what kept him up. Is more what, what yeah. like say you're looking for and rather would, than what I was going to happen afterwards. The punish, I, the punishment I would give for that is giving Kamara Usman the ability to decide the fight where he wants it to be, whether it's on in the full guard on the ground or against uh, the cage or standing up. Like a full point yeah. to lose a full round of scoring on one takedown. That like, and he got fucking seven other takedowns in the fight and got straight up from all of. And I know we can't judge it like that. I I understand, or we we can't officiate it like that. But that's the reality of it. I just think it's like highly unproportionate to what exactly happens in the fight every time we do that. And we've had the same bullshit over and over and over. And we have people in as well, like cheering when points are taken away. It's like this is criminal. Like it's criminally unproportionate. Like people just don't even think and about people, it. People people want their guy to win or have a bet on. You know they don't. Give no, a it's just it. that they have. You know, it's not that even. Well, it is that sometimes. But they have just like uh, put themselves into this corner where they've been calling for points to be taken for fucking nothing for 10 years and now every time a point's taken they have to cheer it on even though it makes no sense now this this like this one was a kind of a borderline one I, I, I 100% look I see why Herb Dean took it and all like that but I just hate the rule in general I think it, make, I think it makes more sense no sense but anyway I think you know it worked out well in my opinion because I scored the fight for Leon that it didn't you know turn out to be a massively controversial moment yeah. where the fight swung on that no, and and it didn't. The only thing it changed is it went from majority decision. Uh, it was a majority decision. It would have been a unanimous decision if if it hadn't happened. Um, but yeah, it didn't make much of a difference to be honest. Um, to get back to the although fight, it does it, make a difference in terms of you know what guys are thinking and their maybe their game plans. That's true. As the fight goes on, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't like to rule. But anyway, uh, the the fight is of like as I said. 
not I didn't think it was the best fight in the world, but a, a necessary way for Leon Edwards to fight in that fashion to win the fight. Like uh, even if Usman was at his best, which I I think he was a little bit off tonight, a little bit slower. And I saw a few other people saying that as well. So it's not just me uh, on a hill here. I think Edwards would have had to fight the same game plan. I thought it was a brilliant game plan from Edwards to kind of point fight, but didn't land the big shots to kind of take out the legs throughout the fight, take out the body throughout the fight. I I thought it was a bit weird the no head kicks throughout the fight and then just going for a couple late to kind of recreate. It's like, you can Wait, do that. You can throw the odd one in there though. Not too he, much though. Like, yeah, like if you're yeah. throwing fucking 12 kicks to the leg, you can throw one up high if you're in the second or third round. Like you don't have to wait for the fifth round just because it happened the last yeah. time. I thought that was a bit Or odd. maybe he's worried a bit that Usman has something ready, you know, some kind of yeah, counter ready for it. Or, maybe that's yeah. more a reason to throw it to see what's coming back. But yeah, did were, did you think it was a great fighter or you... Uh, yeah, like in terms of like, you know, <laughs> the fight we saw before or whatever or other fights we've seen, it wasn't like an all-time classic that you're going to go back and and watch again like multiple times in the future or anything but i love when the fight's on a knife edge and rounds are on a knife edge and you're just you, you can't look away you know if, if you look away you're not going to know who won the round and who you know you're gonna you, you're potentially gonna miss you know the one shot that's gonna swing this this round and this potentially the whole fight and the championship so with the jeopardy and the, the closeness of the rounds for me i i, I really enjoy fights like that yeah i do too it was- yeah, it was it was the only thing I don't enjoy about him is the judging shit afterwards. But I, yeah, <laughs> I, I love those fights too. And it, it was, uh, it was one of those fights. I think that I was uh, honestly I was expecting a draw when it was over, and I was thinking, what's it going to look like if it was to happen again? And I, I think. I think if it did happen again, I think it'd look very similar, but kind of more towards Leon. Uh, if if I'm being honest, I thought like that that thing about him being twenty percent better. I a hundred percent agree with. Now maybe people because the way I started off this saying Usman, I think was the thirty percent or twenty percent might be a bit pushing a it. Bit but much, I do yeah. think you know we talk about confidence in like other sports and in, in life, even like you know, it's it definitely adds to it definitely adds to your ability when you're when you're confident. I think obviously he, being overconfident yeah. and can get you in trouble but you know uh i think it's definitely not a universal thing where the second you win a belt you're just automatically better but i think there's there definitely might be something to that you know 30 percent, as i say might be i think i think leon was a guy who lacked in confidence as well confidence as well if i'm being honest and i think that's really helped him like to as bisping said in commentary to kind of prove that you are the champion everything that people have said about you or that you've taught throughout your career is Uh, correct idiots like me talking about how your brother is better probably potentially going to be better than you yeah it was uh it was a very uh, a very smart performance from the end i hope no one thinks i'm taking anything away or anything by saying it was not a great fight and that Usman wasn't as good I thought Edwards probably fought to I think he fought the best game plan he possibly could and I think he fought it as well as he possibly could and that's do you think it's a, do you, <clears throat> I was just like I was actually thinking this just before the fight I, I, I was thinking Edwards is probably going uh, he'd probably be smart to kick the legs a lot of Usman here because Usman's yeah. made it kind of it's been made so public or Usman's talked about it publicly and like Joe Rogan or something I actually don't know where it came from originally but Everybody knows basically that he's got these terrible fucking falling apart, decrepit knees. Like, you probably should have fucking kept that to yourself, really. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> that shouldn't be like fucking, you know, my mates who don't even follow MMA know that Usman's knees are about to fucking fall apart. Like, 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, that, like that everyone was, talking about move. Everyone talking about Usman walking down the stairs backwards. <laughs> it's like every human being on planet Earth knows. Yeah, like, even I people agree. like who don't really follow MMA know that Usman's knees are fucked. Like, so touching, I don't know. What, touching Richard was, Kiley's about him. <laughs> he's just going around like Richard Kiley telling everyone he's injured before the fight. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, that I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, do you know what's, what? I find very hard to watch a fight. At normal time, like I'm so used to watching fights like that at half six in the morning, I actually, I, my brain finds it hard to actually fucking compute what's going on. I don't, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm a fucking weirdo like that. But uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I missed the first two minutes of the the first fight, the Veronica Hardy fight. I just like didn't realize it was so it was on so early. Like I knew it was on early, but the time just kind of caught up on me, and I was like, oh shit, need to fucking turn this on. Yeah. Um. We'll move on in a second, but they brought in Colby, like, facing off, kind of, or not facing off, but around Leon afterwards, and I just thought that was so weird. Like, a guy who just lost to Usman a couple of times, pretty comprehensive. Oh, Leon didn't seem too, too up for it. He was kind of like, I oh, haven't fought in ages, mate. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, like, yeah. It just so happened Colby was around, but, yeah, I, uh, I think if you're a lot of people now, you're probably licking your lips. Like, if you're... Uh, if you're Shemaev, I know they talked about him going to middleweight, but if you are Colby, if you are Bilal, you know that's, you know it's a, it's a, it's an interesting fight. I think like for a long time we looked at Usman and we thought this guy is kind of the unbeatable champion at the very top, which we should probably know by now to not do because that never tends to uh, stay the same, you know that situation. Uh, but with with Leon, I think like it's. It's a very interesting fight for a lot of guys in that division and makes it, you know, um, wide open. And that's what we kind of want in those divisions. So I'm, I'm interested to see whoever it is next. Out of out of the names I mentioned there, there's probably one or two uh, others as well, probably on the prowl. Um, and whoever it is, it's probably going to be fun. So we'll, we'll leave that there. We'll move on to talk about Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fiziev. Um, this one was a little bit more controversial in terms of the, the judging. I know a few people... Or uh, were giving out about it and things. Um, uh, I I didn't think the judges' cards were actually great here. So the hold on, hold on. who what was yeah. this was the one with the the ten eight in the third round by it Paul was, Sutherland. Yes. What was that about? That I, was mental. I thought the first round given a ten nine to Justin Gaethje by Clemens Werner was actually worse than that. Uh, Worse but, than a 10-8 in the yeah, third round. They were both pretty yeah, bad, to be honest. Werner was... The first round is... Yeah, it's, it's wrong. It was definitely Vizayev. But 10-8 just came out of nowhere. I just... You know, Bizarre. Gaethje, Gaethje nearly got... You know, he got stunned pretty hard in the first, Very what, 30, hard. 40 seconds of, yeah. the, of the round. I don't know what's going on there. That was... Yeah, and you know me, I'm not a one to give out about the judges or anything like that, but those were two... Like the, 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 the whole round, I was like... Oh, is, in my head, I was like, has Justin done enough here me to, too. you know, turn that over? And, like, I think he did by the, by the end because, yeah. like, he really kind of turned it on with the job and stuff like that. But, like, that 10-8 just shocked me. Uh, I I just wonder if something he completely missed or something like did he was on the wrong but he kind of you could or? see by Gaethje's reaction that he could, he, yeah. even if you missed a strike you could see by his reaction that that was a hard shot like yeah I'm just looking for excuses here because I uh, that's pretty inexcusable yeah. I think that's a that's a bad one but I I I think the first round as well was uh, was pretty bad like the uh, ice unless, unless you're going those leg kicks you know mm-hmm. those leg kicks were vicious like unless you're really loving those leg kicks you could probably I think you can make more of a case even though I think it's wrong 
<laughs> that case you won that first round, then yeah. the third round is a 10 8. So I, but, yeah, uh, oh, we're wrong. I bet on Gaethje to win this fight, and I picked Gaethje to win this fight, right? So if anyone thinks I'm biased without the ED on it or anything, uh, I, I scored it for Fiziev after it, giving him. Uh, the obviously the first, which any sane person on earth probably would give him, uh, and the second, and I think a lot of people are like, look, look, this was one of those fights. There was so much emotion at the end of it because of the way the third went. Everyone actually forgot that the second was pretty close, and it was pretty close. Two of the three judges had the second for Fiziev, the, the swing round, and he still lost, which is bizarre. Like that was without a shadow of a doubt the swing round, and he still he still ended up losing the fight. Um, do, you think, do, you, do you think there's a possibility that Sutherland kind of decided here? I think I might have scored this for the wrong guy after <laughs> after the fight and gave it a ten eight, so he wouldn't. I, I don't know. I'm I just trying to think of a reason why he could possibly give it ten eight in that third round. I, I honestly think the only way I I don't know maybe. If, I don't know. It was a, the, the referee was standing in front of him for the 10 seconds where Gaethje was hurt or something. I don't know. There's, It's a very, very hard one to, to comprehend, to be honest. But all in all, like I think people were happy that Gaethje won. And if the judging was done right on the two weird things, then Fazia would have won. <clears throat> because um, Sutherland would have had it winning would have had a 29-28 for Fiziev instead of a draw and Clemens Werner would have also had a 29-28 for Fiziev with Mark Aless, the one guy who didn't have a weird card had it 29-28 for Gaethje so uh, yeah I think uh, yeah. I think people are I think of- I think you know there's, a, there's enough in that the second round that it's kind of what strikes you like or what you think had more impact and oh, it was very you close. know there was some really you know nice stuff from Fiziev and some really fast combinations but you know Justin was returning with some big hard shots as well as well as uh, eating some as well so you know I I thought that that could have went either either way and I I, I would have leaned uh, just about to Justin but you know that's one you have to watch back with a fine tooth comb to, to know who won that like but yeah um it was a great was, fight yeah. though wasn't it it was a very it was a real fight. it really was and yeah. you know Justin you know, we didn't win uh, in a long time. We haven't really seen him fight like we 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 saw him fight in the third round. Um, get getting you know, mixing up his game and getting on his his bike, the jab. You know, the whole uh, over the fight as a whole, he added in some really hard leg kicks that probably helped in the slowing down of Fizaya. But he also put some good damage on his face and closed his eye a little bit, which probably didn't help with the, the you know the distance perception and stuff like that. And and helped Justin with, you know, getting that jab into his face and landing the follow-up shots. And, you know, that's what won him the, the round and that's what won him the fight. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant uh, performance from him. And, uh, you know, Fizayev, it was kind of an absolutely brilliant performance from him as well. I don't think he's lost anything in in, in terms of, you know, uh, where he stands and uh, respect from the fans and all that stuff. I think he's going to... Both guys will come off this fight as if they've won the fight. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. And I agree with what you said there as well about mixing things up was the reason that Gaethje won the fight because, like, 
coming in I think look to be fair to the two of us we kind of called it that Gaethje was being underrated the price was insane and people were kind of writing him off and I changed my pick from from Fiziev to Gaethje I thought it was going to be very close and it turned out to be close but um, I think the fact that like Gaethje I don't know if it was meant to be this way but it feels like it was meant to be this way where he fought the more technical fight early lost the first round because of that but by the time it got to the third round and by the time he upped the pace Fiziev wasn't able to hang on him after the initial big hard shots in the first 30 seconds or 60 seconds of the round or whatever it was and I thought that was like a genius game plan uh, that, that worked out very well for him although the second was kind of a little bit of an update from that and it made it a closer round but like dims the brakes and you earn them brakes by having a smart game plan like that when you're fighting against a very 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 good fighter even and I'm saying this as someone who scored it for uh, for Fiziev but that first round like just to quickly maybe go through it and Fiziev landed so many shots he was landing all these hooks um, never had Gaethje in like real trouble or anything like that but was definitely landing uh, the better shots that knee up through the middle late I'm very surprised he didn't throw it earlier than that and more often Gaethje kept dipping his head forward and I saw I think it was Dan Tom he was Dan Tom and he talking about it before the fight saying that Gaethje dips his head to the right I think it was and he's open for the head kick kind of like Carmian and Jones which was a very smart piece of analysis and an analysis that I'd say Trevor Whitman probably did as well because he no longer kind of did that in this fight he went straight down instead which I don't know was much better but Fiziev didn't prey on it much yeah I, I was going to say that that was worrying me <laughs> that that head movement from, from Gaethje it looked like it, it could have could ended up costing him you know eating a big shot but you know, obviously mixing it up like that probably took away what Fizev was expecting. Yeah, and, and that's exactly. I think that was exactly an all it did. And like his his one big game planned kick probably was taken away by Gaethje doing that, and he had to adjust it and do something else. And like he spoke during the week and has spoke spoken before about. The fact that he is still only what a few fights into his uh, into his career, he's only fourteen fights into his career, which is is not very much, you know. And the hardest thing to do in MMA is to adjust in the middle of a fight, especially when you're a guy who's a, a very highly skilled game planner like Fiziev is against a guy like Gaethje, who's been around for a long time and has one of the best coaches uh, in the world in his corner. So, uh, still and all, that that doesn't take away from Fiziev. I'll say it again, I scored it for him, you know. So I didn't think he got destroyed or anything like that. But um, that that was a big adjustment from Gaethje that made uh, Fiziev change and made, I think, the, the second round a little bit different because then uh, he did try to do that and it didn't work as well for him. Then Gaethje started up in the pace little by little and by the third game, as, as I said, turned into that war that Gaethje kind of wants and he almost uh, had him there towards at the end of it. But yeah, a very close round, uh, a very close fight even and a very, uh, a very fun fight as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. Back in it again. Graham, Gunny Nelson. Uh, what a performance by uh, by Gunny. Um, it just feels like Gunny is the guy who will absolutely destroy everyone who isn't in the top level. And may, like, okay, maybe everyone's going to struggle against the top level or it's going to be a close fight. But he sometimes we forget how good of a fighter Gunny Nelson actually is and how elite especially he is on the ground. And against a guy like Brian Barberina, you know, who's good, like probably top 30, 35 fighter in the world. Gunnar Nelson just absolutely fucking destroyed him here, really, didn't he? Just made yeah. light work of him. 
you know, I think they kind of mentioned or employed a little bit out of that in during the commentator, but commentary. But it's very difficult to kind of find a style, tra- a, a training partner to you know uh, prepare you for the jiu-jitsu grappling style of going announce, and it's just a bit different um, than than what we're used to and the, the Sanders stuff that uh, that we see all the time. He just takes different angles or does things a little bit differently or. Uh, I, I don't know what it is like to just to just you people probably you know will, will be able to explain it better but he, he just seems more methodical or something or uh, he just has a, he has a different a different way of go, of going about it and um you know obviously on the feet he's he's kind of a lot of the time he's just striking um, in order to kind of wait for the opportunity to get the takedown or to push up against the cage and get the takedown. And, you know, in this fight, that's, uh, you know, what we saw him do. And I think, you know, Brian Barberine actually did a pretty good job of landing, you know, some heavy calf kicks and leg kicks that did did mark up uh, Gunner and at one stage kind of, you know, not didn't put him on, on his arse or anything, but swept the, the leg out a little bit from under, from under him. So... You know that wide stance is definitely vulnerable to that. But once once Gunnar Nelson got him up against the the cage and you know was patient there, got him down. Even 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 when there was about twenty seconds ago, and John Cavanaugh shared it out twenty seconds. That was kind of the cue for Gunnar to Gunnar to go for the finish. And twenty seconds for most people is a desperation attempt at a at an armbar or kind of like you know oh, I'll just go for this and hopefully it works out. But Gunnar is was methodical and it, it, you know he just. He did. He did it the same way he'd do it if he had two minutes left, even though he only had whatever a few seconds left in the round. I'm not, not sure exactly. Uh, nine seconds. Ten, yeah. Nine seconds. Nine seconds. Yeah. But he he's just calm in them moments and so composed and just just you know just a really difficult opponent, as you said, for for everybody, especially when it hits the ground and especially if you're not absolutely elite on the ground like a like a Damien Meyer or somebody like that Gunnar Nelson's going to cause you serious problems on the ground if it gets there so yeah um, as you said you know he has he's fought Leon Edwards before to a split decision that probably most people thought shouldn't have been a split decision that Leon won but a competitive fight so he can hang with the top guys but he just isn't um, he's in and out too much he's been injured too much over the over over his run in the UFC, things just haven't really worked out. He's maybe he's not as um, they were talking about it a little bit on the commentary. He's not as um, you know fighting isn't as lo- isn't his life maybe as much as it is for ninety percent or ninety nine percent of the fighters in, in MMA and in the UFC. He enjoys coaching. He has the Milner gym and his own his own um, uh, fighters and things like that, and he he enjoys that probably maybe even more or as much as he enjoys fighting. So it's not everything to him like it is to other people. So maybe that's what's kept him from, you know, putting in three fights a year and really making a run at staying active and uh, going for the title. Maybe the title isn't as important to Gunnar as maybe it is to, you know, nearly every other fighter in the UFC. He's had a lot of injury problems as well, you know, which are, are very hard to, to overcome, especially when it's knees and yeah. things. But like even that, afterwards so. in the post-fight interview, it's now, you know, oh, what's going to be next? Are you going to see you back soon? Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, you know. <laughs> you know, he's, he's he just, he's not as, he's not as into it maybe as, <laughs> as the other fighters are. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, him versus. But having said that, you know, what? phenomenal performance Brilliant, from him. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he reeled back the years. Like, I've seen that, you know, performance is similar to that. Just him, just steamroll guys like that uh, many a time. And it, it was good to see it again. And it's good to see Gunnar, you know, uh, back in the win column and back fit and fighting and winning. And, you know, uh, as uh, as you said, kind of the line should have probably been a bit uh, a bit wider, like under Nelson by submission. You know, that's a. I'm a fool. A, I didn't go first. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a price you should be betting on against. Probably, yeah. When Gunnar Nelson's fighting anybody who's not in the yeah the, the top, top five. Few, yeah, I I, th- I the two things that impressed me the most here were the takedown, which you know something on the way in we kind of not necessarily criticize him for, but it's it's been his issue to get inside and get those takedowns. But again, it's it is Brian Barberin that's ta- he's fighting with all due respect. You know, it's not one of the the the, the upper echelon, and obviously the. Do you think sometimes yeah. Gunnar like has waited too much for the oh, opportunity 100%. to rise for the takedown instead of actually make forcing it, it, and that's cost him like yeah, oh, hundred percent. But you see now it's harder to do that as well. Like even with Usman, like Usman was forcing it at times today, but when you do force it against a guy like um, a guy like Leon, Leon Edwards, he's so well prepared that he gets to that knee and he the, the takedown is not worth anything to you now. If Gunnar Nelson was in a couple of the positions that Usman was in today, he probably would have ended up submitting Leon, Leon Edwards because he almost got the back a couple of times. And that's, like, it's weird, right? Uh, and this has gone off on a weird tangent here. Uh, but we talked we talked about jiu-jitsu for years and people are always giving out to me that I disrespect jiu-jitsu and all. I actually think jiu-jitsu has, like, made a massive comeback in MMA and I predicted this last year as well. But also, like, the lack of jiu-jitsu. Now, like, I, I, and I, here's the point, right? I think, People realized a couple of years ago, before I was even talking about it, that jujitsu, high level jujitsu, wasn't the most necessary thing in the world, right? If you could kind of defend it, you'd be grand. And lads like Gaethje and lads like Usman that show they don't have it, it's actually hurting them. It's hurt Gaethje, obviously, he's lost a couple of title fights by getting submitted, but I think it's hurt Usman because when he gets Leon Edwards to the ground 10, 12 times or whatever it is in the last two fights, he wasn't able to have any submission or finishing threat. And it's a big thing, like, I think that's massive. I really do think it's massive. But anyway, that's a massive tangent. But back to another tangent about jiu-jitsu. I, I was watching the fight with someone because, you know, it's out early, and there was, what, nine seconds left, but I think he got it with about 20 seconds left, and he was in, like, the, the what is it, the spider position, whatever it's called. And, I think it was um, even less. I think John Kavanaugh shared it 20 seconds left, and he kind of heard that a couple yeah, of seconds later. And he, 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 he went like for it. it, yeah. But, like, st- the person was with me just kind of wrote, oh, it's too late, and I was like, it's not too late. <laughs> like, like he almost hadn't submitted, but before he did it, because like you know, with uh, Amber, Amber, everyone wanted Amber. With an Amber, you you know, you know, we all know it only takes a second. But with Gunnar Nelson, it only takes a quarter of a fucking second. Because once that's on, you, you know, you're tapping or you're snapping. That's that's it at that stage. Like if Gunnar Nelson had nine seconds to snap your arm, by God, I'll tell you what, he could have it fucking snapped in nine seconds. Yeah. No what problem. I was thinking is, I hope. Uh, Brian Barberina doesn't think he can make it to the bell here and end up with a oh, broken arm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as that was as he was about to tap because it was the yeah. second where he was trying to fight it. I was like, oh no, don't do that. Don't, no, no, that's a big issue. That's a problem. As we saw with uh, with Makayev, which we will uh, we will get to in a second. But uh, what about it, Graham Gunnar Nelson versus Ian Gary, UFC Dublin headliner? You you up oh, for no, it? No, 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 no. No, why I not? I, I don't want to see Irish guys. Yeah, or, Gunnar Nelson to Iceland. Guys. <laughs> nah, nah, <laughs> He's an Icelander against an American. How do you? I don't know. If it's completely necessary in the future, if they're like you know fighting for you know contendership or something, then okay. But I don't think just 
now it's I, I, I don't like it I, 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 I love it sign me uh, up unless, unless it's like it makes a lot a lot of sense uh, you know I don't think it's you know this fight needs to be made I don't think so no I, I prefer not to but I could see you know it will be interesting I, I think it's too soon for Ian Gary though I think I think uh, it's not necessary who do you think it'll win I think at this stage Jesus uh, I think probably Gunner mm, that's interesting I uh, I don't know I'd, I'd probably pick Ian Gary if I'm being honest but we'll, we might see it sometimes. I'd love to see that fight God almighty I know People always like Hate me for this But remember back in the day I wanted to see like Irish lads fighting And you know, you know Everyone Norman Park And Paul Redmond was made Everyone's giving out about it And it was a great fight And then like Leanne Sinead is a great fight And uh, Them fights are fucking brilliant They're absolutely brilliant when they, Like when they make sense You know when they make sense But um, anyway Yeah Fair play to Gunner uh, A great win for yeah, I don't think the, the You know the Gunner Ian Gary won Makes sense. I don't think it, it does. does. Oh, wait, doesn't that make sense? No, Gunnar's not ranked. Ian Gary's probably like, if he beats someone good, he could be on the verge of getting ranked. Like, they're both around there, I think. Compared to what, you know, Ian Gary's been fighting good guys for where he is in his career, well, that would be a massive step up from Keenan Song to Gunnar yeah. Nelson. I'm sure he's in the, he needs to step up. He needs to. Anyway, come on, we'll move on because we'll be here all night. Um, Jennifer Maya and Casey O'Neill. Great performance from, from Jennifer Maya. Uh, not a bad performance from Casey O'Neill either, but coming back off of an injury, uh, this was just a, a step too far too soon, probably. 9-1, all the best fighters in the world start their career at 9-1, so she'll be back, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing that one. Vittorian Delidza as well, not too much to write home about this. A good performance from both guys, I think, as well. We had a lot of fights like that where both, both people fought well, honestly, on, on the night. Um, I'll never forgive Spencer and Harry on the previous show for talking me out of picking Vittori. I had him by decision and I decided to change. Oh, I had him by decision. You should have listened to me instead I should have listened punks. to you. Those punks. Those takeaway punks. Listen to takeaways. No, nothing but punks. <laughs> punks. They'll be giving out those. So. But, uh, jabronis. Jabronis. Good uh, good win for, for Vittori. Come here to me, Jack Shore. I, I think it's a big mistake going up to 145. Uh, I, you know, he won. Okay, he won, and won the second round and absolutely deserved to win. I, I you know, I, I said even when I was criticizing the move to 145, I thought he'd win anyway. He did not look in the shape that Jack Shore normally looks. Macwan Amerikani looks stronger than him in the first round. We all know what happens with Amerikani. He's, he's a good first round and he tires. But, like, I think it's going to be an issue for him in the future. I don't understand why he moved, this panic move to 145 after losing one fight. You know, just he didn't look, he didn't look. See, it depends how, how much the weight cut is affecting him, how bad the weight cut was. You know, sometimes it does take as well a, a weight cut or two to kind of get used to the new weight class. So, I'd kind of reserve judgment myself until the next fight because you know, he got a good win here. He submitted Amir Khani, who's you know, he's a very Shit. hard guy to submit, a very good grappler, and um, obviously, as you mentioned, kind of goes balls to the wall in the first round and makes it very difficult for you. And we, we, we like you know, uh, Shore did very well to stave off the the you know the attacks and got the finish so I, I, I'd kind of I'd, I'd, I'd hold judgment on that for I'm, at least fight. I'm only saying this is all because of how highly I rate Jack Shore I think he is absolutely brilliant and a top line fighter and I think he can be that more at 135 than at 145 now I'm never a one to you know call for people to uh, to cut weight more or anything but 
he looked tonight like a guy who could get down another 10 pounds and that's fucking a ridiculous thing for me to say but you know everyone knows what I mean we've all we've seen him there for you know the previous 17 fights if, or if, you, if you can't get an electric shock off the lad after his wake up then Sean, Sean thinks we're not doing it right yeah you're not, not doing it right but uh, a good win a good a good submission against uh, Macron Armacani who you know might be lucky to uh, to keep his job I wouldn't mind seeing that Macron Armacani in Bellator or somewhere like that I think there's a, a few fun fights out there for him but you, you never know uh, a lot of people are giving out then about this Omar Morales Chris Duncan fight what was the other fight they were giving out about as well Laurent Murphy and Gabriel Santos someone said I should be ashamed of myself for for scoring Laurent Murphy fight for him and uh, truth be told right, I put out my score I uh, it was just the end of the Ireland rugby match I think so I switched away before I even heard the score I didn't even realise that Laurent Murphy had won until like an hour later till I logged on Twitter and then someone was like You're, you should be ashamed of yourself for this score and I, loads of other people scored it for Santos so yeah it was uh I think people were, did score it for Duncan. My memory is so fucking bad, and people were giving out about Morales getting a thirty twenty seven. I think, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't too far off. I I thought uh, Duncan and, and Murphy won. Murphy won very close. That Leonard or uh, Gabriel Santos, sorry, he's a fucking good fighter. That was a brilliant fight. That Murphy and Santos fight, they should give that a bonus because that was nearly as good as the comment event. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. What did you think of him two fights, Graham, and the judging or am I gonna matter? What's the story? Um I actually didn't even see the the Murphy fight. I was getting an MRI <laughs> on my knee at the at the time. Hashtag uh, pray for Graham. Yeah, so. so I have to go back and watch that. apparently that was a really good fight. Yeah, but, it was, uh, yeah. Um, have to check I missed it out. that one. We'll have to check it out. Right, we'll run through the rest of the card here. So uh Yanal Ashimov beat Sam Peterson, landed he, he kind of knocked him down and he hit him as he was on his way down and then Sam Patterson was just knocked silly. It's one of those shots that he wasn't expecting and a big knockout there. Uh, Mohamed Mikhaev, God almighty, there was a few weird ones here in the undercard. So Mikhaev was fighting, obviously injured, as he said afterwards, uh, with his shoulder and he was fighting at such like a slow pace throughout the fight but then getting his takedowns and landing these few shots and it was a lot... It was a lot different to what he has been recently, but you can understand why because, you know, he was still winning the fight and all that. But Philo was fighting a lot better than I'd seen him previously. I went back and watched a, a few of his fights for the betting show last week. Um, and he, you know, he, he didn't, he almost guillotined him kind of half one stage, but then he caught him in this big fucking knee bar and absolutely pulled his knee to shreds. And Makayev just refused to tap uh, his knee. He was. It, it was, was bad as yours. Disgusting angle and <laughs> having just injured my knee. Watching that, I was like, <laughs> I oh, fuck. That, was, that wasn't have been nice, but yeah, he, he didn't tap anyway. He came through and he actually submitted him. He submitted him in the last, uh, how long was it? The last 30 seconds of the fight. So brilliant stuff by, uh, by Makhayev there. And um, I hope that knee isn't too bad and I hope he's not out for too long, but like, he needs to go in. If that shoulder's fucked, go in and get the shoulder If his surgery. knee isn't injured, then he's got some ridiculously flexible yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> knees. Just, so what the fuck's going just, on? There has to be some kind of injury there. Like. Just get a PET scan and get everything fucking fixed and we'll see you this time next year, basically. This will hurt his thing, though. Do you know he wants to be the youngest ever champion? This is a big issue now because he looks like he's two pretty serious injuries there. Uh, so that... that Puts a real dent in that, uh, but I, I think it's better. Uh, Sorry, uh, like seven eight months when you're young, like he is, true, you yeah. probably recover a little bit quicker. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he definitely, he definitely does put him probably a fight or two back, but 
you know, once he's back, he could uh, realistically, depending on the matchups, you know, get through unscathed and fight in quick succession. And kind of, if he is pushing for that youngest title title holder, it, it still is a possibility, even if he is injured. But yeah, definitely, you know, isn't ideal. Indeed, yeah. Uh, after that, then this was just the night of knee injuries because Duskot Todorovic got a knee injury as well against Christian Leroy Duncan. Uh, it took me a couple of replays to actually see this, but he did. But before that, Christian Leroy Duncan was just like taking him apart. The one he went on for a minute and 52. But uh, yeah, he looked good before that. Look, we're not going to analyze that too much. He got a knee injury and it was ended. But uh, 8 0 for Christian Leroy Duncan. Yeah. Maybe they'll put it back together. Maybe he's injured too much, but we'll, uh, we'll see on that one. Um, yeah, I forgot about the liver KO as well. That was beautiful, beautiful by Jake, Jake Hadley. Hadley yeah. oh. Lovely shot. And I almost hate that. Uh, and I, I'm not criticizing the referee, but I kind of hate that the referee let him put another few shots on. You yeah. know, <laughs> it was, it was, but it was so it. nice. He hit him with the body shot and then he hit him with the liver shot just below where he'd hit him in the body before. It was absolutely beautiful. And, you know, it, it would have been nice if he had it just kind of walked off as he as he dropped from the body, the, the liver shot. But. Uh, you know, sometimes we see guys go down from a, from a body shot and kind of pop back up, and the ref probably wanted to give him that chance, so it probably was fair enough. But for the aesthetic of it, I, I agree with you. Uh, there was a, a draw in in the Joy Herbert Ludovic Klein fight as well, a ball kick in the third round, Graham, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Herbert started off really well. Both guys, actually, you know, it was a good fight. Both guys started off well. I thought Herbert won the first round. Uh, the second round, you know, it could have went either way. Um, there was big moments for both guys. Probably was was uh, Klein's round, so you know it was it was all even up going into the third round, and then uh, that obviously that that low blow and the uh, the point being deducted ended up making it a, a draw because Herbert won the won the, the the round on all three scorecards. So you know it's an unfortunate one. This uh, you know as we said about the main event, it was lucky it didn't kind of affect the the winner or the outcome of the fight but in, in this one it did and ended up as a draw but you know I suppose at least it's not going as a loss on, on Joy's record yeah and maybe they could put that on again uh, Joanne Woodin got a win as well split decision and terrible fight and Veronica Hardy she actually I thought she looked very good She looked, her hands looked tremendous uh, Miller not great but made it tough you know people always say like sometimes there was an arm bar at one stage that kind of looked like it was, it was yeah. risky Remember? enough but besides that I thought she yeah. didn't look good at all she, uh, do you know when jujitsu player black belts say like the white belts can cause you more trouble than the brown belts you know just because they're wild and they'll do shit you don't expect it felt like that was Miller's whole game you know she did this was like an amateur versus a pro this was complete levels like this and the barbarina gunner nelson fight were just levels to them just completely different levels and this even more so i think but uh veronica harry looks very good and i'm looking forward to seeing her uh coming back and seeing what she's uh she's doing next but um yeah overall uh, you know that we got through it it was a pretty uh uh, a pretty eventful card, and Leon Edwards retains his belt. And uh, I just saw there on Twitter, Graham, Dana White says it's going to be Colby Covington next. So we have that to uh, to look forward to coming up. Uh, right, let's move on and talk about Invicta FC 52, because this was a banner night for Irish MMA. Uh, it, was, it was, do you know what? It was kind of hard for me to keep my... Um, biases away from this one and you know what it wasn't even that it was that a bit but even the commentary during this uh danny mccormick fight they were in tears it was it was one of those it was just a fucking 
it, it, was, it was just an emotional fight. Like Danny McCormick got absolutely dropped as hard as you can get in the first round. Two minutes later, dropped as hard as you can get again. And then she came back to win. Like, what, just what a performance. Absolutely brilliant stuff from Danny McCormick altogether to win the Invicta FC strawweight title um, against uh, against Valeska Machado. It was, you know, a fight that if you you haven't seen, you probably need to go back and watch it for... But, like, it's, it's also one that you had to watch live, kind of, just because it was so wild and so fucking... Uh, it, it was like what you said, they're on a knife edge for so long, because it, it felt like from the first round, Danny was behind, and, like, it was a possible 10-8, but they had open scoring, so it wasn't a 10-8. Yeah, I was going to say that. Do you think the open scoring made it less dramatic, slightly yeah. less oh, dramatic? without a shadow of a doubt. Now, that's not an excuse I would use for not having open scoring, but it without a shadow of a doubt, it did. But also, when you have the horse in the game, I suppose, kind of like we did a little bit, um, it's... Uh, it, it makes it a little bit better because you know she's going to win like by the, by the time that the fifth round comes. But it was, it, like it was one of those over in the, like, in the second round, in the third round, you're just kind of thinking like Danny's pulling this back rather than winning the fight even though she was winning those rounds. But by the time like the fourth round came and she had that massive fourth round where, you know, she uh, was winning the early striking exchanges where uh, Machado uh, almost got a takedown but she wasn't able to do it. She had a big left from Danny then Danny got a clinch, Danny got a takedown after five big shots, then got the side control in the half guard and ended up winning that fourth round like that. You're kind of thinking, oh shit, Danny has this. And then we see the open scoring and she had it and she went and, and she won the, the, the fifth round as well. But it was it was an emotional roller coaster because, as I said, the first round, two big knockdowns, Danny survived, ended up on bottom, almost you know, got ground and pounded, almost got submitted. Not, not, she didn't get almost submitted, but she was stuck. You know, she had taken her back, but she got out towards the end of the, the first round. Then the pressuring and the clinching came in the second round for, for Danny. Machado was landing a lot less, but it was a lot because of Danny's pace, I think. And she, like, she told me exactly what she was going to do, and she did uh, exactly that in the third round. The pressure again, Machado was more light in her feet and got her second wind uh, in the third round. Um, but Danny, you know, got inside. Got the clinch, Machado broke it, Danny clinched again, landed a few nice combos, landed a few, um, even had a couple of elbows from Machado. And like from the very start of the fight as well, she got punched right in the nose and her nose was red from the very start throughout the whole fight and bleeding. And it's funny though, because she took that damage in that one punch and she took more damage throughout the fight, but that damage like really stayed with her for the whole fight. And she had to she had to fight this whole winning four round fight with that damage for the whole fucking day. It's like you know, it's like a soccer team getting someone sent off after two minutes and just having to like cling on and just you know make it a fucking dog fight for the rest of it. And that's exactly what she did. I said that big four round, and in the fifth round as well, she got a huge takedown. Machado um, ended up getting up, but Danny was in control ended up getting clinch and clinch and clinch and then punches off the clinch and then another takedown late Machado tried for a take uh, an armbar but no good and when Danny got into the quarter mount it was kind of like the ole ole started and that was it and everyone knew Danny had won it was it was fucking brilliant Graham what, what did you think of it it was a brilliant fight really wasn't yeah, it yeah it was, I really enjoyed it like uh, as you said she really did well to weather the storm. Like it was a, it, it wasn't looking good in the in the first round. You know, the Stephanie Page fight. I think probably really stood to her. Uh, that loss that she had in Bellator, her first loss of her career, really stood to her there. She, you know, she just uh, stuck to her game plan, made it 
made it hard for uh, for Machado. You know, relentless going for takedowns, even if she didn't get them, just making it making it difficult. Um, you know, as you said, she she just she did, I think she to be honest, she just wanted it more, and that was, that's what it came down to in the end. She just wanted it more. It was just she wasn't going to be beaten that night she just was gonna if she was gonna be beaten she was gonna go out in her shield and she was just gonna give absolutely everything and that's what she did and i think that's why you know everybody in the commentary booth and all got emotional because they could see how much it meant to her and how much she wanted and you know everybody wants it in this game but i think it was there was something special going on there uh you know danny mccormick obviously you know, uh, you know, recently, like you know, uh, less than a year ago, was was riding a two fight losing streak, and you know, uh, out of Bellator, lost her first fight out of Bellator by split decision, picked up by Invicta, and really turned it around. You know, really, really, you know, impressive. She earned stuff. that spot, she re- didn't she, in the first fight she had? Because she was brilliant that night. She it was the tournament night, and she was the best fighter on the night. Like. Yeah, she, you know, she, she just, she, she just toughed, she just toughed it out in this fight, uh, when she had to, and made it difficult for her, her opponent the whole way through, and just wore her down, and just kind of beat the fight out of her by the end, and you know, the open scoring probably added into it, but I think uh, Machado knew that she, she was beaten by the the fifth round, and she couldn't stop what Danny was doing, and Danny just wasn't going to be stopped that night, and you know, uh, to win an evicted title is. Uh, is a really big thing. Maybe I said this on the podcast last week. Maybe new fans don't really understand how important Victor has been in the in the history of women's MMA and MMA in general. And you know, to be the first Irish female to to win that in the Victor belt is absolutely huge. And you know, fair play to Danny. Uh, she really turned it around in the last year. You know, a lot of people could have you know under the pressure and under the stress and the anxiety and the, the depression. I'm sure that came with you know. Uh, the way she lost in Bellator and losing the decision after that, split decision after that. So, you know, not just in the fight she toughed it out, but in you know turning turning the two fight losing skate around and being back on on top now. That's just phenomenal turnaround from from Danny McCormack, and she just did it through pure determination, grit, and obviously ability as well. It hundred percent, and it's it's something extra, uh, a little extra bit special as well because. Obviously, we, look, we've had McGregor and we know what happened with, with McGregor, but we've had lots of, you know, Bama champions, I suppose, and Cage Warrior champions and all, but those those are brilliant belts that kind of take you to the next level, as is the Invicta one, right? But it feels like Invicta is just, like, because it's more worldwide and, like, truly worldwide because, like, it's, it's hard for big guys and women to find fights and they have to, like almost come together to find fire or even training partners or anything like that you see it you know with with the, the you know the three big guys in SPG now you see it with uh, Leah going across Liverpool to train with Molly and John Abandon going across to Liverpool it's it's tough and they all kind of had to come together and it feels like Invicta is that place and has been that place for years where all the best women in the world come together like I'm looking at the, the card here and just to read out the countries Ireland Brazil Poland Brazil Ireland Finland Brazil uh, uh, America I think what's the one there Ru- I'm looking at the flags Russia I think there's like a Colombia in here they come from all over the world and that just makes it a little bit more special I think that just makes it a little bit more prestigious and there's a high argument here that this is like after McGregor the best win an Irish MMA fighter has ever had 
it, there's a, I think there's a massive argument to be made that that is it. This is, and we should, like, we are waxing lyrical about this, and we should. Ireland should be fucking so proud of Danny McCormick and so happy with what she has achieved here. It's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, I spoke to her coming up, and you, you mentioned the word depression there, and Danny, you know, kind of said that to me as well in the interview I had with her coming up, and I know Ian spoke to her very well as well, and Ian's done great interviews with her, better than mine even, so check out Ian's over in, over in Severe May, but... To, to come through all of that to change from being in the, the horse racing industry and to do it in Cheltenham week as well I suppose was probably a little bit extra special for her and her friends and her family maybe even but to, to change tack. and on her birthday and on her birthday God happy almighty. birthday going for her uh, song going for herself there uh, it was brilliant I'm really fucking in tears here thinking about it again but it was it was exceptional and she's a severe May Patreon as well Patreon patron so that makes it even better so if you're not signed up Sign up now and you'll become a world champion. You know, sign up and that's that. That's the end of it. But uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant for Danny now. And you know what? Before we get into what's next, Randy Farrer, why isn't Danny McCormick being talked about going to the UFC? She's seven and two. She won the title here in Invicta, 115 pounds. We always need plenty of fighters to go into the women's divisions in the UFC. She has paved her way. She deserves it now. You know, I remember um, last year we were talking about Reese McKee, we were talking about Paul Hughes and others, like, they've done enough to get to the UFC, and I think uh, they have, and, you know, we'd love to see him fighting cage wars maybe again or whatever, but it, Danny McCormick, the first call now should be the UFC. She's with Paradigm. They're, they're a good management team. She has this belt. I don't know. She has to defend her. She's contractually obliged or anything to defend her. We'll talk about who could be next in a second, but the first call, the first shout from everyone from Ireland here should be get Danny McCormick in the UFC because you know what? She's well able for it and um, this is her time. So I, 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 that's my call anyway, Danny McCormick to the UFC. But um, Sean O'Bannon was also on the card and had a fucking great performance. So I think the best performance of her career, switching stances in the first round, landing some lovely kicks ahead on the strike and took a few shots as well, but she was briefly on her back in the midpoint. But Sean is very good off the ground and, you know, very good with kind of her defensive jiu-jitsu, if you want to put it that way. And I think the late head kick slash throw slash ground pound sealed the round for her there and she did win that round uh, in the second round Min ended up kind of clinching her early but uh, Shauna got out landed on top uh, she landed a series of hammer fist in were very very good got the half guard treatment and arm triangle landed ground pound for the rest of the round I definitely won that round and then the third in Amina was coming out trying to kick a little bit more but Bannon was landing or sorry he was trying to pressure a little bit more but Bannon landed her side kicks a few head kicks looking sharp with the hands um I mean, it was more aggressive. She almost got a knee bar as well. There was a lot of bad knees this week, but she, Shauna was saying that uh, she trained her since she was three years old and she's very flexible, so she was absolutely grand there. Um, got a lot of ground and pound from it uh, and ended up winning the round even, even, even more. Landed a big elbow as well late uh, and won 3 nil on, on that card. So, look, if Danny doesn't yeah. get signed to the UFC, oh. this fight could happen. Very much could uh. I think that that knee bar attempt for I don't know if maybe I'm wrong here. Jitsu people probably you know know better as I said earlier, but uh, a lot of a lot of times when people go for these kind of knee bar, I don't think they know what they're doing. Like <laughs> I, 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 I I was in no way thinking that that was going to be finished there. I don't know. I don't know. I think people go for these knee bars when they don't really know what they're doing. They don't really have them. They they try to make it look like it's close, but it isn't. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It feels like. 
the I think the, the, the Makayev one was different, but yeah. I think a lot of, of knee bar or leg lock attempts are for show and people don't really know what they're doing. A lot of them are, but when they're as tight as the Makayev one, as you said, that was a little bit different. They obviously can. I just think like, and I know nothing about this and we, we don't, but like jujitsu people would probably admit to you, if they were to be honest, that leg attacks are way easier to defend now than let's say they were in high scrapes so I mean, okay maybe if you come up against who's smart pal harris or garden ryan or something like that it might be a little bit different but you know when you come up against mma fighter a or b or c it's not going to be that yeah, like if know? ryan hall's hanging off your leg i'm like yeah. oh shit you better you're better blow out your knee here <laughs> <Yeah>. but like <laughs> with 99% of you know fighters who aren't high level black belts uh yeah, a lot of the time I'm 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 thinking, and a lot of the time proves to be right that there's not really any really any danger here. Yeah, indeed. Um, but yeah, Shauna looked looked really good. You know, that's a big step up in terms of experience, and you know the 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 girls Amina had fought, as we mentioned, you know, uh, went to a split decision with um, Jinu Frey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ex- sorry, yeah, who's uh, you know has a up and down but decent record in the UFC. You know, has the wins over. Uh, De, De Paula and Ashley Yoder so you know she's been there with experienced gals and gals girls and, um, Ladies. and uh, you know Shauna made it look easy to be honest like uh, show that she belonged there show that she's she's the better fighter uh, all around pretty much I thought and show that she's able to make the step up and you know uh, fight against an experienced experienced girl you know she she looked very impressive in her in her amateur career and her early pro career but she her early pro career as as it should be were against you know inexperienced fighter around the same fighters around the same kind of records as, as she was at the time and you know she went in there and she, uh, she didn't look out of place at all she was able to, to hold her own everywhere and you know dominate most of the fight and she's definitely developing at a really really good rate she's definitely a really really good prospect I think you know the fact that she's only what five fights into her career maybe maybe it's not the time to to step into the title shot now like as you said maybe it, it, logically Danny probably should be you know getting getting into consideration at least for the UFC call but we've seen with Paul Hughes that maybe you know the UFC aren't in a rush anyway maybe if they had an Irish card scheduled uh, things could change but that hasn't been rescheduled. The one that was before COVID lockdowns came in, there was a, a UFC card scheduled, as most people know, and it hasn't been rescheduled. So it might take something like that for Danny to be signed. So With Shauna yeah. as well, she tweeted that she is getting a quick turnaround and she's another fight coming up. Um, and now she has spoken before about the fact that she has a clause in her contract with Invicta that she can fight in Ireland outside of Invicta. So, um, any card coming up soon in Ireland, Graham, that she might be able to fight on? What do you think? I mean, I don't know. Is there I, wonder is it, I wonder, is it a clause that she could fight for any promotion or she could fight for... I think so, You yeah. know, local promotions. No, I, th- I think she can fight for any promotion, yeah. Mm, that's a very interesting clause. No, so, yeah, it's an interesting clause. And, I, and do you know what? That'd be great because, like, do you know, it, it'd be great because you could get Shauna another fight, another bit of... Um, 
uh, another bit of experience and it also gives Danny McCormack the ability to fucking enjoy winning her title and not have to talk about this fight is, is it a fight that could happen that would be a great fight absolutely um, but I don't think we have to lose our minds over it happening either as well They're yeah, kind of like what I said like it does with the Gunnar Nelson and Gary thing even though Gunnar Nelson is technically not Irish he's, he's been adopted for, for years um, unless it, like it has to happen, I I prefer it not to happen. Uh, but. I, like I wouldn't mind seeing it happen, but the best scenario here, right, is Danny McCormick goes to the UFC. Shauna Bannon fights maybe Fatima Klein for the uh, for the vacant title. She wins that, and then she goes to the UFC too. We could have been bought in the UFC. Like, wouldn't that be yeah, the best? If I'm in the UFC, that I'd be much happier That'd with be that fun, because yeah. they're both getting paid decent money, and you know. But yeah, uh, it was great to see right Shauna. I don't think Danny I prefer Anderson. us to have two very good prospects or very good, you know, uh, fighters in the, in the division then, you know, knock one down a little, uh, a little bit and have to kind of build up again unnecessarily. That's true. That's true. All right. We will, uh, we'll move on. Congratulations again to, to Danny and absolutely brilliant performance. Congratulations to Sean as well, but Danny definitely taking the, the headlines for this week in Irish MMA with a, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant win. Um, we mentioned as well, well, two weeks ago, Norman Park won, Nathan Kelly won. Norman Park, in my interview with him, I'm, I, 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 I'm taking credit for this because I mentioned Peter Queeley fight, if possible. Now he's calling out Peter Queeley as well. What about that? That'd be a good fight for Bellator Dublin, wouldn't it? Norman Park and Peter Queeley? Yeah, well, like, Bellator and Norman Park, like, what, what's going on there? That's, that's been a bit of a strange one. You, you would have thought that he would have been... A little bit of insider info there that I think it might, might, might be okay. Yeah, I think it could happen. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of insider information. Yeah. Interesting. So that, that that's in the no, works. Hold, hold on. Not, not necessarily that it's in the works. I don't think like there is, I don't think Norman and Bellator wouldn't do business. Let's put it that way. You know, I, I think they could do business. If Peter wants to fight, if Norman wants to fight, I think they can get the fight done. I don't think Bellator would not get the fight done if you want to put it that way. You know, so that's my slight bit of insider info. But anyway, we'll, I think it'd be a good fight. Let's, let's see that. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on. Cage Warriors 150 was at the weekend, um, and this was a, a lot of fun finishes in this. Oh, here, actually, while we're on this kind of subject, right, Cage Warriors, bring back the fucking interviews, what the fuck, just bring them back. UFC as well, the UFC had an English presenting team on the pay-per-view, but before the pay-per-view started, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, never, ever, ever, ever do that ever again. Nobody, not one single fucking person wants that. Nobody they, they wants did it, it. They did it the first couple of events that they had, like yeah. ever BT Sport. And then yeah, I don't know. Remember that? Oh, my God. Randomly just brought it back now. Immediately scrap it again. Like, And also, right, if you want that, you fucking John Gooden there. Why wouldn't, like, why? You have these two losers there, like, like what the fuck is that about? And Tom Aspinall standing in the middle of these two lads is like, what is <laughs> going on Christ, here? Like, shots going off here. Well, like, I don't know. I don't know who the two lads are, to be honest. Like, but, like, it's, fuck, it's so weird, like. And it was, it looked so low rent. It looked so bad. It sounded so, I had to fucking change very quickly. So maybe they improved. But I just, I switched back with 10 minutes left in the prelims. And I was like, this better not keep going for the pay-per-view and thankfully it fucking didn't but yeah BT Sport if you're listening please listen no one on planet Earth wants that apart from maybe them and their parents or something like no one wants it no one don't ever bring it back again anyway and actually I take it back one of the lads of sound 
Which one? I don't know. Adam, one of them's Peter, isn't it? One of them's Adam. Adam's nice. Adam's sound. So I take it back. The other lad is. He's a Liverpool fan. So, like, what can you expect? Um, <laughs> For sake. <laughs> Jordan if you, want, if you want Sean to hate you, just support Liverpool. Just support Liverpool. I don't hate you, though, do I? A little bit. Um, probably a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fair play Jordan Vucinic looked absolutely phenomenal um, just coming back here took a few shots early win for the takedown Vucinic do you know what he's such a fucking great athlete I don't think he gets enough credit for that and um, I like I tweeted on the night there's no shame losing to Paul Hughes doesn't make you a bad fighter still one of the top prospects in the world and he showed this year um, and it just you know a great performance I think you could say the same for Burlington who came in and won against Jamie Richardson in the third round like both of them uh, like the, the two Irish lads that hold the belt at the moment, right? They could both be in the UFC by, you know, the turn of the year or whatever. And the two of these lads could be back in the title contention that they just kind of lost out to the two Irish lads. Like, so I think that's both exactly where, where they are there. Dean Lanier Kavanagh, what a performance by him. I know Ian was kind of the first one to, to note him as a prospect. And I, I kind of came in soon after him because like, I, I was like, oh shit, you are right. A hundred percent. But he's another guy who just looks... So athletic, ridiculous! What a ridiculous KO as well. Uh, do you think he meant that, or do you think like? Yeah, it was, it, he know. did. It was the exact Hinnebrow Eddie Wineland knockout. Remember that? Where yeah, but do you think he was going for to the body, or do you think I don't know? No, he was. I, I if you watch it again, he dipped down his head once, then he dipped down twice, and he was going. I think he was going for it. Yeah, I do definitely think he was going for it. So yeah, but it was whichever, whatever. Anyway, he deserved. It. He was yeah, one. He was going for it. Place. It was phenomenal, and, it, and even if he wasn't, it was phenomenal because yeah. it, what a what a beautiful finish. Oh, yes. And he looked phenomenal before that as well. You know, he's definitely a really really good prospect. You know, uh, Cage Warriors, obviously Ian Dean, the matchmaker. He, he he puts a lot of you know thought into into the matchmaking, unlike uh, a lot of the time in 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 the UFC uh, recently we've seen. So you know. Uh, you probably have a plan for Kavanaugh and I'm looking forward to to watching his rise because you know if he if he's putting on performances like that he's definitely a really really good prospect and one to watch but obviously I, it's early days but yeah. I don't want to get overexcited but with performances like that you know and if he did indeed mean mean that KO like obviously he meant the technique but to land where it landed then you know that's absolutely phenomenal I have the perfect fight for him that can't happen right Blaine O'Driscoll. What a great fight that'd be. Lanier Cavalier yeah. versus Blaine O'Driscoll. But unfortunately, come on, lads. Come on, John and Graham. Sit down and have Graham. What's his name? Graham Biden. Sit down and have an old cup of tea. And just suss it out. Uh, shake hands and go, look, we'll have the odd fighter. We want, you know, we, we, we'll go in and out. We'll work. Blaine O'Driscoll do, versus do, do you think? Do you think it's just. Obviously, there's a bit of heat back there, but even if it was, there wasn't some heat between John and Graham, do you think the pay that Cage Warriors are offering compared to the options of like PFL and Bellator uh, pay? No, is, because I think would, some fighters left to their own devices would take the option of wanting to go to the UFC. Like we, a few fighters have said that before to us in interviews and things. So, yeah, I, I, I like. If you it's, let's say you're Kiefer Crosby, right, and you're in Bellator, or Will Flory, and you're in Bellator, and you decide, right, I'm out of Bellator now. Let's go and have two or three fights in Cage Warriors, try to get to the UFC. Like I think that's a a great option if it was open to them. And I'm not saying it's John's fault. I'm not saying it's Graham's fault or anything. I don't know whose fucking fault it is. I don't care. I just which isn't happening. But uh, I think lads would take that option. Yeah, you know. So anyway, 
Look, we can dream. Uh, but the rest of the cards, Daniel Skabinski and Emil Brown. What a fucking fight that was. Brilliant fight. Skabinski won. Jake Higgins won. He looked good. Nick Bagley looked brilliant to move to 3-1 there as a Jack Elgin. Uh, Eglin, Eglin. I'm always calling him Elgin. It's Eglin. Sorry, Wesley Maya got the win as well. And then Amran Shaban out of Team KF. Anaconda choke, not a Darsh choke, and Anaconda choke. Looked very, very good. I just love how. Uh, sl- what's the word I'm looking for? Slick that uh, Armand Shaban looks. Do you know, actually, earlier I was meant to make a point as well. You were talking about Gunnar Nelson and you're talking about the way he moves and stuff. He's, do you know what he's like? He's like a Dimitar Berbatov or a Mesut Utsil or one of them. Do you know the way he moves? It's just like, it's kind of slow but deliberate. And he's just so good. Omar Shaban has a little bit of that about him, I think, on, on the striking. But I love how long he fights and how, do you know, slow. And that's a massive compliment now. I don't mean, like, you know, he, it's very, most fighters go on to fight fast, you know. But slow and smooth. Yeah, 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 I love that about him. And then on the ground as well, he looked deliberate. I just think he's improving and improving and improving all the time. And, you know, I think Chris Fields is a great trainer for him because I think he's a similar sort of body type for the weight classes, obviously, that they they fought in. And, yeah, very impressed. What, what did you think of Omran, Graham? Yeah, he looked really good. You know, obviously, he's very confident in his jokes, like rolling to your back and things like that is, you know, shows shows a lot of confidence. And he, he got the anac- the anaconda, or did you say it wasn't an anaconda? It was an anaconda, yeah. But, oh, but you know, an anaconda, people yeah. always say, oh, it's a dark turn anaconda, but it was an anaconda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was an anaconda. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he obviously, he got it done in the first round with 13 seconds to go. He showed he showed a lot in, in, in that less than, less than five-minute period. And, you know, he, he just showed that he's on another level and that, that he's kind of due a step up. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he as you kind of said, he's developing fight to fight and it's really good signs. And as you said, uh, having having a coach that's kind of, uh, you know, a uh, big guy who can, who can, you know, get involved with you and who's kind of a semi, maybe mostly retired fighter, but not, not 100% retired. He's in shape, you know, as you said. And, he's got some really good prospects coming out of that gym with, with Tom King as well. And this looks like another one. And yeah, uh, I don't know where they go with him next. Like, I think, I think you keep it, you keep the slow roll for the moment. I know Chris Fields has, uh, or the, the team have taken some, some big fights early on in, in pro careers, but I think maybe, you know, it's unnecessary. I think, I think you can build it, the hype while, while he improves fight to fight and gets impressive wins and, you know, highlight finishes and builds the hype, and uh, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the slow roll with all the with all the Irish related guys. Yeah, I think going from Mush as Lanny to say someone like an Auburn Elliott or a James Sheet that'd be too much. I think so. I agree with you. Two or three more fights. Uh, you know, going Mush as Lanny came into this as four and three. Give him someone who's you know, who I see five and one, someone similar to that, and then push him on and on. I think that's the way to you know. Go. That's another good reason to mm-hmm. like you know, as we were kind of mentioning there, go to, to go to Cage Wars, yeah. even though the the pay isn't isn't great. The if if they see you know talent and uh, prospect in you, they will match you up you know appropriately and give you the best chance to kind of make it happen and maybe. You know, we've talked a lot about kind of Bellator's matchmaking with certain Irish guys uh, at nausea, but uh, yeah, um, engage warriors. You know, they will they will match you up well, and uh, they won't rush you if 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 you're not ready or if they if if it's obvious you're not ready. Maybe you know they'll take the odd chance or two on a guy, but yeah, I think uh, 
you know, for the 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 Team KF guys being in cage warriors as young pros is perfect. Yeah, oh, I agree, hundred um, percent. The there was a couple of fights off of this card as well. Speaking of Team KF, James Webb. His fight against Alan Carlos, I think they were on about getting James Webb maybe back on next week, but hopefully in Ireland maybe. The Margaret Sharia fight fell out as well, and the Harry Hardwick fight, which is a disaster for Cage Warriors, because like, they could have been the next three title contenders in a row there, and that's real bad luck for Cage Warriors, so that's unfortunate for them. What they do have, though, is a card again next week. Um, the It's kind of like a double card. It's one of these unplugged cards. So the main fight is for the vacant middleweight championship to Christian Leroy Duncan. Vacated Will Curry fighting against Mick Stanton. Very interesting fight. Kind of the old the old dog against the, the new pop, I suppose. And I think a lot of people would probably favour Will Curry coming into that. But a very interesting fight. Uh, some good fights as well. Matthew Bonner against Guillermo Candera. Myself and Brad actually did a preview for this. It'll be out in Chardog over there. So you'll be able to see that. Uh, Steve Amy, Bill Albert Yes, as well, a very good fight uh, there. And uh, Aggie Sardari, the former champ, is back as well. So a few interesting ones on that. I'm going to run through some of the other fights happening next weekend. One championship also are back. They have C. Uh, so so he ham against uh, Isuki Hirata. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that is a rematch. And it, it, I know it was supposed to happen and it didn't happen yet. So that's uh, finally happening now. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing that. Uh, and they have as well the uh, heavyweight championship is on the line. The interim champion Arjan Buller is taking on Malikan. Is that fight still happening? Mm, um, maybe it's not. Maybe it got cancelled. Oh, it did get cancelled, I actually saw. Yeah, never mind. But there's other fights on as well. Dalian Will. Oh, no, that's a Muay Thai fight. Never mind. Uh, Alex Silva. Yeah, there's other fights. Who cares? Um, then PFL Europe are kicking off as well next week. Uh, and it is the light heavyweights and the women's flyweights. Now, the these two divisions are... I would say relatively top heavy. They have two fantastic fighters in them. Simeon Powell in the light heavyweight division and Dakota Decheva for the women's flyweight. She's fighting uh, Malin Hermanson. Um, Irish interest in this Valentina Scatizzi, the, bro- the the sister of Danielle Scatizzi, who fights out of SPG. She fights out of SPG as well. And she helped Danny McCormick prepare for her Invicta title championship win. So interesting to see her there as well. Antonio Salomone, who fought Will Flory recently. He's taking on Daniel Ladero. I'll have a full preview out for this over on, uh, over on uh, Sherlock as well, so you'll be able to listen to that. But if you're tuning in for anyone, tune in for Samuel Powell, tune in for Dakota Decheva. Actually, Dakota Decheva fought Sean Bannon as an amateur as well. That's up on YouTube if you want to check it out. Dakota Chaven won that fight, but I watched it back and I'm like, maybe Sean Bannon could have won that fight. So that shows the level of Sean. Anyway, UFC next week as well. Vera versus Sandhagen. Uh, a brilliant fight. Holly Holm versus Yanis Antos. Yeah, who's Yan? Oh, Yana Kunitskaya is now Yana Santos. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Landvira Sanugo, Andrea Lee against Macy Barber. Oh, that's a fun fight. Alex Perez, Manel Cape, Chidian Jaquani against Albert Durev, uh, and a few others as well. It's not, not a terrible card, but skip the prelims. Uh, watch the, the top few fights. Graham, who wins between uh, Chida Vera and Corey Sandhagen? What do you think? Um, I'd say Sandhagen. I, I I would say Sandhagen, but Marlon Vera has surprised me recently with his with his improvements. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised with a number of outcomes, but I, I'd lean Sandhagen. 
Yeah, but Marlon Vera, like, I think I, I might still be underestimating. He might be, he might turn into one of those uh, Yamalo, which is where I just pick <laughs> against him the whole time while he continues winning. Me too, I think. Yeah, like he's done a great job of finding lads recently. You know, he uh, he kind of just walks them down over five rounds and in or five minutes and ends up finding that big shot at maybe the you know the three minute forty five mark kind of thing. But Sandhagen is the opposite of that. Like he isn't found very easily. So you know. It seems like a bad matchup for Vera. I'd probably go for Sandhagen too, but also what you just said there is correct. Like we fucking we're notorious for having lads that we always pick against and we're always wrong and we never change. So you know, if we change now and back Vera, I'd probably e- even with- when I realise that I'm doing it, I still <laughs> I still get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or when I finally do pick them, they lose. <laughs> You're like when fucking AI becomes sentient or something. <laughs> you know, you still, you're like, there's like a chip in the back of your brain or something that just like won't let you do it. But. Do you remember you used yeah. to be the cooler? Everybody you picked. Yeah, and now I'm brilliant. I have like a 50% pick rate this year of bets. So that's pretty good. <laughs> 50% is going to be good. Of bets though, not of picks, of bets. That's oh, okay. All right, it feels like we've talked about a thousand fights here tonight, so we might uh, we might leave it there. Uh, oh, one last fight. Uh, Carl Moore has been matched against uh, Alex Polizzi, who, when I reported the fight, he was number six in the battle rankings. He's actually number five now, and Carl was number seven, and now he's number eight. So big fight for Carl. He could move into the top five here, possibly, uh, with a win, and then it's bombs away, because like you're talking about title shots once you get into the top five. So massive fight for Carl. He's fighting in Hawaii yeah, as well. turnaround as well. Yeah, which is no harm, I don't think. I think Carl, you know, as a guy who missed a lot of time through injury, big, uh, big turnaround for him really, as well. Yeah. So very interesting. Um, oh, one last thing as well. I don't know if you saw this, Graham, or not, but um, there's a fighter, uh, Jeff Molina, who a video circulated of him um, being caught in a sexual act with a man, and this has kind of gone, I don't know if it's been viral or what, uh, but he came out and he uh, put out a statement saying that he was bisexual and all of this now, so... It's if and I was kind of just thinking the reason I bring this up is right. This sort of thing happens in another sport, and it's like you know it happens in soccer, or that, and it's like the biggest news ever. Whereas MMA, yeah, nobody cares. I didn't even hear about this. Didn't even yeah, <laughs> it didn't even make a dent much really. Which is I think the biggest thing that made a dent was people kind of giving out that this guy's you know it's, uh, private matters were, were taken from him and that video was put out there which is absolutely correct so I think like I think uh, we, we, we just want to see fights yeah I think <laughs> even maybe people shit. get an awful lot of criticism for being you know scumbags and all but I think the reaction to this has mostly been you know no, fair play to him. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. To be honest, we're we men fight in the cage. Yeah. Women <laughs> fight in yeah. cages. Let what the they death. do at home. Let them near, matter. Near death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's all. We're we're simple people, really. But yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd bring that up because, like, you know, fair play to the MMA community for not being pricks about it. Mostly, although some of them are pricks about it. So for the people who are pricks about it, you know, fuck you, basically. But, ah, but there's people gonna be pricks about it. Yeah, there's pricks about it. Really. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I thought I'd bring it up anyway. Um. All right, we will leave it there, Graham. Thank you for joining me. This is an extremely long podcast again at two o'clock in the morning. I just, I was like, you know what? We get it done now after the fights, and it'll be over and done with, and uh, we'll have a, a, early to bed. And it's fucking two o'clock, so that didn't work out, did it? Fucking terrible. Any any crack with you before we go? No news. Having uh, a bad just, knee. Uh, just obviously the mentioned the knee during the during the thing yeah. playing football. Not, not even a contact, but just changing direction and something just mad happened in my knee and 
uh, I can't bend my knee properly now and all. Uh, and it's my good knee, the knee I haven't had two surgeries on. So uh, I'm hoping it's not an ACL, but I have to wait 48 hours to, to get a call oh, from God. for the MRI. The technician wouldn't tell me. Uh, he said he can't tell me because he's not a doctor. Never liked him. Did, Unfortunately. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. was Jordan Pickford around or anything or did he... No, no, it wasn't. A, there was no attempted uh, uh, amputation. It was just a, a freak, a freak. I don't know. Maybe I have like weak knee ligaments or some bad shit. Knees. I don't know what's going on. It just keeps happening. Yeah, I have two bad shoulders. I know the feeling. But sorry, Grandma. I'm, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I wish. I wish you didn't get me. Well, I'm, I'm hoping it's like a, a meniscus or a, a MCL or an LCL or something that isn't uh, an ACL. <laughs> anyway. Me too. Yeah, I don't, I don't hear you fucking complain. Oh, I was horny for the next fucking six months, like. You know? Uh, yeah, well, it'll, it'll probably be at what least a, a couple of months of, of that. Uh, uh, no. Don't be but, uh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's not as bad as uh, as I think it is. How are Liverpool getting on since we last spoke? They lost a couple uh, of sure, months. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> fair shit, aren't you? Knocked Great. out of the... Knocked out of the... Everything. Champions League. Season uh, over. Devastating stuff. Did you hear uh, Jamie Carragher saying Trent needs to be dropped as a right back? Well, like we've talked about this a lot. Uh, you, you disagree, know, though, do you? He needs, he, in order, he's not playing, a, we talked about this so much, but he's not playing a traditional right back. And but he is in not the past, when it was working, he had uh, Fabinho or Henderson, you know, uh, covering the space when he went forward. And now Fabinho is just like, a, I don't know, some some like clone or twin of Fabinho is now playing for Liverpool instead of actually Fabinho. He made a lot uh, of sense, though. can't stay fit and yeah. can't play two games in a week and... Uh, just need uh, new signings. Like hopefully, hopefully Jude Bellingham will still uh, be interested in you know playing for, for Liverpool oh, why after, would after this be? season. Why? We why might need Allison to bang in a few like hat tricks or something to to get us to the Champions League this year. By the looks of things, Jude Bellingham's but hardly that stupid, is he? To go to a sinking ship like that, he Jesus, he's hardly that stupid, really. Like even you'd agree uh, you with know, that now. Like yeah, he, he, uh, he might. Uh, you know, he he might be want to be the. The part of the rebuild, you know, part of the, the glorious comeback to, to to success, like we did um, after we had a horrible season, finishing even behind Man United there a few seasons ago, which was obviously a disaster. It's going to be two out of three seasons now. You finished. Yeah, Man United ended up actually ended up winning the league that year because Man City cheated. So, yeah, we uh, did yeah. actually. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe it, well, we Liverpool finished second that year. So maybe it wasn't it wasn't too bad a season. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, all right, sure, go on, we leave it there. So it's um, it's just an awful opinion that Man United and Liverpool weren't good at Hold the Hold on, same actually, time. before well, we're talking about football here, we, I don't know if you mentioned this, but mm-hmm. Pep, or sorry, Barcelona, while Pep was manager and winning all those Spanish league titles, they've been charged, Barcelona have been charged for that period um, with paying seven point something million euros to. Uh, this like uh, Spanish League ref association referee guy. You getting worried? So like that is that is r- ridiculous. Like you know, uh, Pep Guardiola just seems to be hanging around while all this corruption's going around everywhere. Allegedly, allegedly, yeah. and it seems to be barely talked about. Uh, that the, the man at the scene of all these crimes. Alleged crimes uh, <laughs> seems to be uh, uh, yeah, like just unchallenged in this situation, <laughs> and the fact that I said that he's a cheat, uh, alleged cheat at this stage. But I said that I I speculated that he was. A oh cheat. no, he's not an alleged so cheat. I've been proven. He, he I, I'm cheat. about to be proven correct. In I I think 
I have to be very careful how I phrase all this. He failed the drugs test as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did actually yeah, he fail did. Uh, so he's as not a player. Not, he's he's, uh, not he's uh, just been going on for decades, yeah. across millennia. Oh, come here, Graham. While, while we're on drugs, actually, what about this whole Usada situation with McGregor and all this? I like <laughs> this yeah, is it, crazy. I think. I think. I think like the six months thing is going to have to be served. Um, there, there was some language in it about two tests, but I think it was two tests as well as six months and. There was an exception made in the past for Brock Lesnar, but that didn't turn out well for the UFC because Mark Hunt, I think, is either still suing them or yeah, was suing he, them for years. He's still losing lots of money, this. yeah. So I don't think, yeah, I think the UFC aren't going to get involved and you saw them put out a statement saying you need to do six months. Um, you know, having these injuries and having to recover and, you know, look at Chris Weidman, how, how bad it has been for him coming back from uh, a serious injury. And, you know, if you're not competing, this is, you know, you probably need, you probably, you probably need to take things after a surgery that USADA can't, or that USADA wouldn't. Darren Tim uh, said that recently allow. as well. He's like, well, I'm leaving, I'm retiring from the UFC because basically I need to do stuff that can't be done under USADA, like, you know? Yeah. And that's perfectly legal. What's like, wrong with that? Like, by the rules. I, I think if this I had happened... I see why people are... What? If this had happened three or four years ago, I think McGregor would be getting absolutely castigated here. Like, I think people would be, like, massively on USADA and UFC's side. But when USADA released that statement... I think the vast majority of people are actually like on McGregor's side because Usada have just went stu- like didn't say a word for about two years. No one failed, nothing happened. And even when someone does fail, they don't even tell us now. Like it just feels that they've lost all credibility. And I think I, I think they lost credibility with the Nate Diaz coming out and saying they told me to yeah. shut up about this and not say anything. And then it was kind of like, what the fuck? Like that, yeah. that was. I, I also that like. Was, Fucked up. There are so many issues with like Luke Thomas has done great work in this over the years, but like he made a point yesterday like, about it favoring like the rich over, and that that's one point of it. But it's also like the USADA was there when the UFC wanted to be sold, so that it make them look more professional, right? And then they have they've embedded, they've gotten a lot of money out of the UFC, and it just feels like they haven't done in the last few years what they did well when they came into the UFC. And that just doesn't that doesn't fit right anymore. It, fe- it feels like USADA is just, like, done now. It feels like it's just coming to a natural end. And you even hear Dana oh. White talking recently, like, I'm kind of saying USADA was never my friend sort of thing, which yeah, not also, That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Like, I'm not involved in this anymore. He's kind of seems to be pushing away from it. But I think the fact that it's gone secretive makes it look worse. I think if they came out and explained everything and said, okay, well, if you do have like a major surgery or if you do retire for a number of years, you, you have to come back six months. This yes. is, this and, is, and then, we made a mistake allowing Brock Lesnar. We're never mm-hmm. doing that again. Just be like open and, you know, send out fucking emails to the press and stop like doing everything behind like, yeah, you know, but that's crazy. Those doors and it's all suspicious and what's going that. on and yeah. oh, you saw this, you saw that. Oh, nobody really knows what's going on. Oh, IVs. Oh, no, that rule change. When did it change? Oh, we don't know. Shut up. Yeah, and then they don't you release know. a statement for three years, and then overnight they release a statement on Conor McGregor accusing him of lying and all this. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you, you, there's lads who go out there and fail tests uh, for a fucking every sort of thing. And you release no statement about it. We never hear about it. And yet McGregor says he's going to have a meeting. Where we'll be, uh, he basically said, look, we'll have to sort that out. 
he wasn't he wasn't saying anything basically that he hasn't said before and they come out and they released the yeah. statement that just seems like yeah. they're did taking you, shots I, at him I, for clout I was going to say like what did you did you think that was like a kind of passive aggressive statement oh, I, I, thought, I thought it was oh, I don't know if that was just me or I didn't see many people saying that but uh, I'm Aaron glad said it there without being, said it, yeah. me saying it I saw yeah I saw a few people saying it I don't know how any other way you could acknowledge that like if if you sat around releasing statements all the time, if this was a thing they did, I'd say, oh, look, fair enough, it's just what you sat to do. Like, if you ask Dan White a question and he comes up with that sort of answer, Grant, yeah, that's the way he speaks. But you sat a, a radio silent on all of these things that have been for fucking years now, yet they come out, like someone said on Twitter to me, is like, it feels like McGregor was there and they had to make a statement. That, that's not your fucking job. Your job is to be like an impartial arbiter of kind of what's right. Is not to come out and like put passive aggressive comments at people who are like McGregor said he wants to have a meeting with him and he said he okay he maybe he said he had a meeting planned with him or something but whatever he wants to have a meeting with him to sort out what he has to do to get back in. As you said, it'll probably have to be the six months grant. Fair enough if that's it. But like to come out before you've even had the meeting, why don't you contact Conor McGregor? Why don't you contact the UFC and go, oh, Conor wants to have a meeting with us. Absolutely. We're willing to have a meeting. Let's do it. Then just rushing to release a fucking statement to say, there's no mean. He's a liar. You can't be taking drugs. It's like, what though? That's so, it's bizarre. Like absolutely fucking bizarre. I don't know. I think they've massively overstepped what they're doing. But also like, should fighters, like, and uh, again, I'm just stealing Luke Thomas's point here, like, but should fighters be fucking woking up at 8 o'clock in the morning every few days to give samples like this? Should, if like, they're staff, then I think so. Yeah, but and they're, they're not. private contractors, but, then... Pff, exactly. It's, very, it's, it's bullshit. Very like, and what benefit area, are we yeah. actually getting from it? Like, a clean sport. Like, are we getting a clean sport? As Luke makes the point again, if you're the richest of the rich, you can find ways past it. You know so, and like we hear all about these lads. Oh, he went over and he trained in wherever for two months. Yeah, oh, did he? Oh, yeah, that must have been fun. Like, what? Then he comes back and he looks like fucking King Kong. You know <laughs> that? Like, like, come on, lad. Like, who are they fooling here? Like, uh, are people thinking like, oh, no one fails tests anymore, and there's no drug drugs going on? It's like, are you fucking serious? Like, come on, come on. You sat out, VAR out. That's my opinion on it. Anyway, we leave it there. Graham, have you an inspirational quote for the week? I do. Oops. Go on. That's something that falls over. <laughs> you have a broken microphone and an inspirational okay. quote for the week. Gene, I'm not sure what happiness means, but I look in your eyes and I know that it isn't there. We tried, we failed. See you next week. Good luck. <laughs>